All right, because three is a crowd, I'm here today once again, as always, the road to 100 closing in here with Kelly. How's it going, Kelly? Uh, Just trying to get through to 100, I guess, is the name of this podcast game. <laughs> What's going to happen after we record the 100th episode? Because it kind of feels like we're done. I mean, we've said that before. I mean, who... <laughs> I think we said we get to 100 and then we can put out like two episodes the next year and then just call it a pod. Call it a pod. Call it a pod. Uh, so we'll see what next year brings. Who knows? But first, you got to get to 100. I feel like 100 is really the staple for um, anybody taking you seriously. And if there's one thing that this podcast demands, <laughs> it's for it to be taken seriously. <laughs> yes. Kelly. What is this podcast? <laughs> what is this podcast? This is a Bob Dylan podcast. That's right. We listen to a random Bob Dylan song every single week. We choose it at random from any era, any time we make a public playlist on Spotify with the songs included, uh, and then listen to it throughout the entire week. And then at the end of the week, we get together to talk about it as a piece of music, as a piece of art, as a piece of history, as a piece of some kind of deliver ever ever And while we uh, might talk what? about the what? song in context to Bob Dylan, uh, we also talk about it in the wider world and its effect on us. I've been listening to Bob Dylan for most of my life. Kelly has heard roughly the same number of songs as the amount of degrees that tried to contain Jeff Timmons, Justin Jeffrey, Drew, and Nick Lachey. And this week, <laughs> and this week, the amount of degrees that try to contain them. We listen to 1967's classic, Nothing Was Delivered. 46. Off of the basement. Right? Place. Famously, the 46 from the 90s. Nothing was delivered And I tell this truth to you Not out of spite nor anger But simply because it's true All right, Kelly, we are officially back from our road trips. You want to hear about those, go listen to our episode last week. But we spent the entire week listening to Nothing Was Delivered off of, well, 1975's The Basement Tapes, off of, uh, what, 2013, I want to say? Um, I kind of forget the year. Uh, the Bootleg Series Volume 11, The Complete Basement Tapes. Uh, before we get into the song itself and just kind of what we think about it, Kelly, how was your week with this song and just in general how's it going fine mm. it's it's nice to be back i mean inside baseball it's been a while since we recorded it's been a while yeah we we're going so, for i mean about a month so it's nice to build a playlist and listen to some bob dylan a song that's like fine yeah which is good i prefer fine over like ah i don't want to listen to this anymore and for being one that's like four and a half minutes it didn't feel like it took forever and it's good it's, yeah and I like what might what I think is the message and theme of the mm. song, so that's nice. Okay. I think we're going to definitely get to the message and theme of the song, but first, a little bit of context, just for anybody out there who doesn't know or hasn't listened to the entire uh, versions. There's three of them total. Uh, you're going to get basically just one on Spotify, um, not only the 75 Basement Tape, but Take One, which is the same song. Uh, off of the bootleg series volume 11 so if you want to search out the other two you can find them easily enough just go search where you normally would search this song was recorded in the summer of 1967 in big pink it's one of the last songs recorded for the basement tapes as well which i think 
you can kind of tell like this song could have definitely worked on John Wesley Harding. Like he's getting closer to that songwriting style, mm. especially in the second take where he does that talk sing thing. Right, yeah. Very John Wesley Harding. So I think he's like slowly getting there. So for most of the basement tapes, Levon was not part of the band. Uh, he showed up right at the end. Uh, some people think that it's him mm. playing the drums. Halen suggests um, that the band, that especially Helm was into it because they were eyeing this for their first record. You know, they took Tears of Rage. They took um, this, wheels, this, house, this Wheels on Fire. But this one might have showed up as well. Helm actually, when he got there, he said, quote, the boys has, have discovered how to write songs. Bob Dylan opened it up for them. So he was shocked by what they were producing when he got to the basement. Because, hmm. um, you know, he quit the band because he was like, this band's going nowhere. I'm going to go back home. And then he's like, holy shit, you guys are actually like doing it. Uh, but it was actually the birds that got the song first. So the birds were the one, the ones that ended up covering this for their classic 68 record, Sweetheart of the Rodeo, uh, that and You Ain't Going Nowhere, which are all, was also created during the Basement Tapes time. And uh, their whole career is just Bob Dylan songs. Well, yeah, they're, so they're, they're, it's not, that's not true at all. Ah. Uh, the, no, the, bird, the birds are fantastic. And, um, but yeah, they're famous for the interpretations that they did of Bob Dylan songs. That's so I, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And it's cool. It's interesting that they have more, but they're not known for having more yeah. because they're so overshadowed by just doing these versions. And for a lot of people, these versions are the versions. For me, their version is the best of this song. Nothing is better. Nothing is best. Take care of your health and get plenty of Nothing was delivered, and it's up to you to say. Columbia Records just probably gave them a fucking record and were like, hey, yeah. here's the latest Bob Dylan output. And Bob famously even, he wanted to go to the basement just to like get away from everything, but he also just wanted to make songs that he wanted other people to sing. So many people cover these songs oh, yeah, that never definitely. saw the light of day until 1975. They People didn't know these were even Bob Dylan songs. So when you heard it on Sweetheart of the Rodeo, you see the credit of, of Bob Dylan. And I think for us now, we're so into um, like albums being written just by the bands. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I, the bands I listen to never cover anything ever. Right. It happened all the time back then. Yeah. So the fact that, that they covered um, Bob Dylan, it, we can look back 50 years from now and say, Oh, you know, that's kind of what they're really, really good at. Well, but also... at the moment, it's like, these are two obscure songs. Like nobody had ever heard them and they were made first by the birds, you know? We've we've gone over that before too. It's just like how the record industry used to work where it's right. like, here's this one song, every popular artist covers it. That's how music goes. Right. So, I mean, it's it's a little bit of a holdover from that. And also, yeah, if, if these are songs that don't see the light of day, they're like 10 years later. How long were they at Big Pink? Recording? They were just there for the summer or from the spring to the, couple to of the summer. Yeah, for a couple of months in 67. So That'd be really cool. Yeah, it's a great. It's a. That's why people love it. They just yeah. love the idea of getting away. I think any time a band goes to get away, as we've said before, I think that they are channeling, uh, knowingly or not, the idea of what the basement tapes are, which is oh yeah. To well, get I mean, Trent are going to the Tate House yes. to do Nightmare Spiral and all that kind of Absolutely, stuff. it's yeah. just to get out of your comfort zone, and that's really what this was. Well, and to uh, focus, and right? To focus, it's right. like I'm literally just here to make music. I'm going to wake up and work on music, and then go to sleep and wake up and work on music with friends, and, and uh, all of them have the same. So fun, it does, and all of them have the same goal, right? Nobody else is trying to get away or trying to do something else. Right. Like we're all here to do this thing together, and I think that camaraderie was what. I mean, that's what the that's, when I think of the basement tapes, I think of camaraderie. I think of all of them putting it together, and I don't think that there's a song that uh, exemplifies camaraderie than this one. The gang vocals and the chorus singing, you know, the 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 
the synchronicity of their voices is so beautiful and they don't do that as often as the band does in their right. career but man when they do it here it's fucking gorgeous it is let's talk about the versions of the song before we get into the lyrical content which version was your favorite I guess what would have been on the original Basement Tapes version is the best Number one. one. So the one without the drums. Right. Yeah. It's like slow and plotting. I mean, yeah. most, the one that was... So the only difference that I could tell between the original Basement Tapes one and then I guess what's the bootleg series one uh, is that it was remastered, obviously. Like yes. the mix is better. They put Three reverb... seconds longer. Yeah. Oh, wow. They put uh, reverb on Dylan's vocals and mm. um, it just... It sounds cleaner. It sounds like somebody touched it up and remixed it. Yeah. But... I, I prefer the original version. There's like so much air in the room and then like it, it has that great quality. That's one of the best things about a lot of these recordings of Bob Dylan's, the early stuff where it's people playing in music in a room and like you can, you can almost feel like the wood paneling yeah. and like all that shit that would be, I don't know if that was in the basement, but like you can, it has that, that vibe to it. So yeah. I appreciate that. You can really make believe whatever type of basement you want mm-hmm. it to be by whatever basement you'd want it to be, yeah. which is kind of lovely. Yeah, uh, Sid Griffin, who wrote the liner notes uh, for the basement tapes for version one, the one that's on the basement tapes in 1975, said, quote, it's one of Garth Hudson's most beautiful recordings. This was another one of the basement tape demos that musicians rushed to cover and immediately found a home on the Bird seminal country rock records we'd heard of the rodeo. When this track was released on the basement tapes in 1975, little or nothing was added to it. Hmm. So it's sort of just the way that it was um and yeah so i think that you know touching up the the bootleg series one i think they just wanted them all i think they wanted the whole thing to sound like it was one piece but it was so sporadic the level of quality of them like mm-hmm. they took the ones that sounded really bad and kind of put them on the last disc it's kind of like listen at your own peril <laughs> the rest of it though sounds really good even you know because they'd raise or lower it depending on just trying to get it all to not blow out your speaker one second and then sound like you can't hear it the next you know so um, a lot of care, I think, went into that, which is really great. So, yeah, I, I think number one is fantastic. Robertson sounds great. The guitar licks are really subtle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's uh, Manuel on piano and Garth on, on the organ. It's beautiful. Dylan, just being Dylan, is really good. Yeah, I whatever version you want to call it with the drums. So the drums. So that's number two. Okay. I did not like that at all. I don't think it was really appropriate for the lyrical content, uh, which we haven't really discussed. But I don't know. It just And the drums were kind of out of whack. Like the level was a little higher. So it really listening to it so many times uh the remastered version and the original version and then having the drums was so jarring and i was like this is not the right this is no this is inappropriate i don't enjoy it sid griffin felt the same he said quote another example of the first time out is the charm Mm -hmm. uh you know the second still keeps the fats domino r&b groove that richard manuel pounds out uh triplets on the piano but the tempo is slower and the groove is off Mm I think that's uh, and it's shorter. It's only three forty four mm. as opposed to you know almost four four thirty ish. So is that the one where he's doing like the talking? Yeah, that's the talking on? one. Yeah. So that's kind Which of going back and forth. Yeah. Funny and fun and like kind of fits with the sermony vibe. Yeah, but I think so it uh, yeah, I just didn't like it. I like it when he does that, just because it feels like John Wesley Harding, and knowing that it's one of the last ones, it's like okay, there is a continuity here that feels pretty good, even if this wasn't the one they went with, because it's not as good. It's cool that it exists at the very least, and then clearly with with number three, they were trying to spice it up, mm-hmm. uh, and and go fast. Sid Griffin says, "quote 
Just recently surfaced, this recording of Nothing Was Delivered features the boys in the basement taking one more stab at the song, this time with straight 4-4 time. It quickly becomes obvious that the cadence of the lyrics doesn't fit into the time signature, Oh yeah, the approach was abandoned. Yeah, well, even in the uh, the other version with just the drums that we were talking about, he like loses track so, mm-hmm. so much. But yeah, in that little 30-second snippet, which... Musically, it's the most fun, but again, I feel like inappropriate for the lyrics. Sure. Uh, he's fucking all over the place. It's like, no, yeah, he cannot that, keep and up. And that chorus, so you gotta, you gotta fit it in. I kept every time I hear it, I kept doing it in my head. He could have fit it in. I think they could have done it. Oh, but he just like didn't. No, I think they tried it once very and unsuccessful. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, also very importantly, we've talked about it before. The idea, it's not that they probably didn't try it over and over again. We only have uh, Garth Hudson hitting record. Like they probably practiced that plenty. But it just didn't work oh, out. You yeah, know? it's also That's in the, the middle of the song. It's yeah. like, oh, shit, we were supposed to record. What? <laughs> no one's going to know. Uh, so, okay. So we, I think we were in agreement. Number one is classic, kind of the best. Uh, how do you like the birds one, though? You're, oh, it's cool. Okay, so yeah. you did the birds one. Yeah, it's I shorter. Mean, <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. faster, punchier. I thought it was like, because we have the definitely the country twang slide guitar thing going on. But then during the chorus, it's like psychedelic breakdown, which is so fun and that's weird. Them. That's, yeah. that's them. I mean, people say that they're the, you know, with the animals and Bob Dylan, the creators of that country folk. You know, alt country, if you will, or whatever. Um, you know, that record, Sweetheart of the Rodeo, is so much that. It's got that steel guitar all over the place, the slide guitar. Uh, and then you got, you know, these songs that are like countrified, but then psychedelic. It's still 1968, right? I mean, and they've released and or will release very psychedelic records with yeah. the obligatory, like, you know, eight minute long crazy noodling and they're really talented and i just think i think it's true they just have an an ear for what dylan's doing and they can interpret him better than i think a lot of other artists can so the birds i think are going to be a band maybe we'll add to our our list of uh months down the down the line because i think they're really interesting um just because they're kind of like the band they kind of fed off dylan but then became their own thing but all right so kelly let's talk about the song itself and just kind of how it how did it relate to our week? How did it relate to our lives in general? Um, what are your takeaways immediately on like the song itself? Like what message it's trying to give? I don't know what it's, I mean, I don't know how else to interpret the song. I, I interpreted, what the fuck? I interpreted it as uh, somebody who's trying to hold accountable a religious leader. Um, okay. I guess specifically somebody like, Christianity came to mind, although it's not necessarily explicit that, but it's definitely somebody being like, you gave an answer and that answer was God and we were supposed to get this thing for believing. Well, it didn't fucking happen and you need to say you're sorry and you need to tell everyone that it was all bullshit and you were just stringing us along. And I think that's fucking rad. I think it's really cool that like, I not only do I kind of agree with that take personally, but it's like, yeah. I, I think it's cool that he wrote this song and the fact that it is this like slow plotting kind of blues rock thing, which you would associate like with the religious South, maybe. Sure. Um, even though learning through Robert Johnson week that the blues was the music of the devil. So. That's true. Um, and WC Handy. Oh, oh yeah. Don't forget. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so I, I thought it was cool that it was a little bit subversive in that regard, that it was like this kind of sermon deliverant. Not to you know delivery, whatever. But yeah, well, see. Uh, there was a, a sermonizing element to it. A sermonizing element, sort of critiquing sermon religion. Yeah. yeah, religious religion. Man, I'm having a hard time conjugating words. Oh, that's interesting. What do you think, Daniel? <laughs> well, no, I, yeah, I think that that's that's a great. Uh, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I did. I guess I didn't go that that the person of ire was somebody religious. I I definitely got the religious like 
he's giving he's preaching it mm-hmm. preaching but whatever he's preaching about i don't know um is he talking to other religious leaders or uh, maybe i mean it just seems to me like there's a truth uh that he needs to tell somebody and you're the type of person who's going to object to it why else would he have to say mm-hmm. i hope you don't object um but if you just take what i'm saying and sit with it and you know with the fewer words that you have to waste on this the sooner you can go um so just shut up take take what i'm saying and leave um i don't know i don't know religiously what's going on um but but i feel like it's like yeah sermon at mm-hmm. that at that point but then you get to the chorus nothing is better nothing is best take care of this and get plenty of rest what does that mean well yeah for me that's just like you said it was going to be okay. Like, yeah. right. You're, you're having, you're pissed off at whomever told you this, spun you this yarn. Nothing is better. Okay. So I'm just going to fucking hydrate, do me, do some self care and move on with my life. It's funny you say that because that's, um, as I kept listening to the song, I thought exactly that, you know, it's less of something like, um, you know, I think this means a lot when you listen to this, when you're younger, you know, when you hear stuff like that, it's like, those are good life goals, you know, just like, Nothing is better. Nothing is best. You know, what is it? Uh, take care of this and get plenty of rest. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I have not lived up to the plenty of rest part or anything, but like the idea that nothing's better, nothing's best, I think is just kind of like, a, just do your own thing. Mm-hmm. Don't stop comparing yourself to people. And I almost feel like because it's the end of the basement tapes, it's almost a mantra for Bob Dylan. It's almost a goodbye to the basement and kind of for him to be like, take care of yourself, man. You don't have to go out and do the wild mercury sound. You don't have to do the hard drugs. Like you can maintain this and also go back out into the public eye. It's almost a mantra for him. Like just be cool. Oh, so you're taking it like with no context more broadly of like, like don't compare, like in a nice positive way, I'm taking it more of like, like, fuck you. Nothing got better. Like you said, it was going Mm -hmm. to, it turns out Dan Savage doesn't get better. So fuck it. (laughs) I'm just going to make my own way. Well, so then that got, (laughs) me to the murder bob route because uh, you can see this in a hundred different ways but i mean murder bob definitely shows up because in the second verse he goes with something like but i can't say that i sympathize with what your fate is going to be i mean that's dark stuff well see that's why to me the story is of like a ill-intentioned religious leader because like that kind of people do the political angle too because the same thing with nothing was delivered you're lying Mm -hmm. you, you know uh is this just what you had in mind when you made everybody pay, you know, either paying taxes or paying for your life in the wars that were going on at the time? You know, I think you could easily mm. make this about, you know, politics or make it about, yeah, religion, especially religion is like the most obvious, I think. Well, e- even from just the either word de- side, deliver, too. I feel like, too, it has a big connotation, like to be delivered. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Whatever. So. yeah. No, 100 percent. Yeah. So, I mean, with the murder Bob thing, it just it almost sounds like a threat, though. Yeah. I mean, think about no- nothing is better. Nothing is best. Take care of this. Get plenty of rest. Like keep one eye open. Because like, this is the last day you got, man. Low tide. Like, no, yeah. I mean, I think so. A little oh bit. Oh my god! Did you just enter Sandman? I just enter Sandman. <laughs> nice. So the last verse, I think, is more political, just because, like, yeah, again, the paying thing. Nothing was delivered. Yes, someone must explain. You know, like your campaign lies. You're going mm-hmm. out there. You know, telling shit. And then the final, the final lines of that are um, that as long as it takes to do this then that's how long you'll remain. Uh, very ambiguous ending, kind of a hard 
mealy mouth thing to say. Um, what does it even mean? Uh, for me, it's like, is, is he being cynical? Like politicians who um, promise these type of things but never deliver keep getting elected. We keep you know reelecting these people um, that never change. So as long as you keep doing this, the longer you're going to remain. It's almost a very cynical take. Or is he hopeful? That the people that do this type of shit, again, it might be politics, it might be church leaders or whatever it is, um, is he hopeful that the longer people do this, um, the less chance of deliverance, you know, of, of, of freedom, if you will, for the people that are liars and sycophants or whatever? Or is he being murderous? And in the moment that it takes you to tell a lie is the moment it takes for Bob to slit your throat. Damn. Never say again that nothing was delivered. Someone must explain And as long as it takes to do this yes, as long as it takes to do this That's how long as you will remain Or like somebody who's Like I Because this for me is a Somebody trying to make this person who's steered them wrong or the person Understand. they want answers from. Yeah. So it's like, for me, it's as long as it takes to do this, as long as you'll remain in this uncomfortable position that I've put you in because you're having your comeuppance, like you're having to deal with your shit. So if you just accept and say, I'm sorry, then you can move on. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That, that actually makes the most sense. I didn't even really think about that. It's so fun how yeah. you can interpret things so many different ways. It is, it is. Yeah, and, and both versions are the same. There's one little change in verse three. Um, instead of just what you had in mind when you made everybody pay, he says, if everybody had, if everybody has peace of mind, so you must begin right now to behave. Hmm. I mean, if you're looking at that politically, you could say the peace of mind thing was like the hippie culture and behaving is like stop running war games type of stuff. I don't know. I don't know. So those are the main interpretations. Probably the most popular interpretation of this, however, is one we have not even talked about, which is a drug deal gone bad. Oh. Nothing was delivered. The drugs didn't come. I ordered the drugs. The drugs never came. And he's sermonizing, if you will, to the drug dealer. <laughs> I mean, it and could be. nothing was delivered. And it's just as you say, uh, you know, the longer that it takes for you to do this and the longer it'll remain. I mean, when you think about it like that, it's very funny. <laughs> yeah. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, this is the same session that produced like clothesline saga and exactly. shit, right? So it's like, it might as fucking might be. It might be. Which is very funny. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, who's to say what it is? I didn't even get into the King Lear stuff, but yeah, there's, yeah. there's ideas about uh, the, the idea of nothingness and, and Bob Dylan, but I'll leave that for another day because we have yeah. a lot more nothing okay. songs to talk about. Um, but yeah, I mean, this song was great. Um, I don't have any, any beef with this. So does this song work in 2019? Yeah, I think it can. Sure. Uh, I don't know that we had any versions, like modern versions of it on the playlist. I think that there's plenty there of modern. There was a couple. I think there's plenty of modern versions that yeah. exist. But we, we tend to not really go crazy on those here. Yeah. It's the the structure of the song kind of being like a four-piece without drums is, is nice and unique and like tapping into a slower groove and like, yeah, the, the blues rock vibe of it. Yeah, I think all of it you can you can totally do now. And, and even the lyrical content, um, however, whatever direction you decide to interpret it in. You, and it's ambiguous. Totally, it's just like, yeah, that, it lends itself it. to any kind of if you want to take it harder in the political angle, if you want to take it harder in the religious angle or the fucking goofy drug deal gone wrong. I mean, it's great. That's you can really. Yeah, I think it totally works. You can do that. Murder Bob. Murder More Bob. Murder Bob. 
Yeah, I think it's really great. Once you get, um, even just for this version itself, once you get behind the the euphony and the aesthetics yes. of the basement, then I think you listen to this, especially with other songs. And on this podcast right now, we are only doing the ones basically that are in 1975, the ones that have, that are kind of legitimately canonized Bob Dylan songs. Um, and we're doing supplementals on all of the rest of them. But once you get your head around what the basement tapes are going to sound like, then songs like this stand out immediately. These are fully fledged things. And um, it's absolutely wonderful. What was the name of that stub song we did way, way long? King of something? King of France. King right? of France. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we started out and we, uh, Don't You Try Me Now was episode 11. Oh, like, right. we had nothing to talk about. Um, so that's why we don't do all of them because that would add another 150 plus songs <laughs> to our. So that's why we cut down way back in the day. So, yeah, we're going to do a supplementals. Uh, I said that we were going to trigger it every time we got a basement tape song, but clearly that's not going to happen this Hilarious. year. But we will do, we'll do, uh, do at least one next year and we'll just kind of get through those songs because a lot of it's our covers that would be cool to talk about and you know things like that but we'll get to that later but the ones that are canon are kind of the ones on 1975 there are a few other ones all american boy is on our our, to be listened to that is not a part of the 1975 version so there are some that are bob dylan originals that deserve i'm not there Mm. is on here on there too but it's not on the 1975 basement tape so there's plenty of, of reasons why that is and we will get into them when we get into them kelly stop pestering me about the basement tapes. I won't ask again. Sakes. I'm so sorry. Everybody, take care and get plenty of rest. Yes. Great life plans. Nothing is bad. Kelly, did you know that we're a real podcast? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Still. Yeah. We're, as for now, until <laughs> until episode 100 hits, then... Who knows? We might just disappear from the internet altogether. Uh, if you want to be updated on the disappearance that is to come, maybe. I don't know. Uh, you got to follow us on Twitter. You got to follow us on Facebook. You got to follow us on Instagram. And when people talk about disappearances, the first thing that I want to do personally is say, I want to give this person a dollar. I want to pay them because they've clearly made it clear that they're not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. They're going to stay around forever. For this dollar, for sure. For this dollar, for sure. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we talk a lot about disappearing, but I think this is a worthy investment. Yeah. I think giving us a dollar is a great idea. Yeah, and you can do all those things at oh. SOTWpod is our handle on all the places. And Patreon.com slash SOTWpod. It's really easy because it stands for sign on the window. If you're ever curious as to what our handle is, just be like SOTW. I got it. Not Season of the Witch. Not ha, season of the old Witch. joke. And then you put pod after because it's a podcast. SOTWpod. You got mm. it. You got it. Perfect. There is a song called Season of the Witch on a record called Super Session with Mike Bloomfield and Al Cooper who played on Highway 61 Revisited, uh, and Stephen Stills from Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. So Stephen Stills, Mike Bloomfield, Al Cooper. They just play together. They just do like a big jam session in 1968 in one of their songs. I think it was Stephen Stills and Al Cooper. It was called Season of the Witch. It's 11 minutes long. Was that the original? There's another song. No, there's tons of Season of the Witch, but I just happened to be listening to it yesterday. I'm like, that song's called Season of the Witch. Look at this little super group. And it just happens to be Al Cooper. I'm like, of course it's Al Cooper because Al Cooper's on every fucking song known to man. (laughs) Anyways, give us money. (laughs) Patreon.com. And we met...
And we also mentioned the Spotify playlist at the top of the show. So you can search for our Spotify playlist. It will change every week depending on the song in real time. If you want that playlist, it's called See That My Playlist Is Kept Clean. Uh, subscribe to it because it will just change randomly. And you can check in and see where we are in real time. However, if you want the playlist for this, which will be archived, every one of ours are archived, just search for the song title. And you're going to see a little SOTW, you know, episode number after in parentheses. Uh, so you'll know it's us. So like the to it. playlist for this episode. Well, nothing was delivered. Parentheses. SOTW 98. Because this is. 98 degrees. It's That's 98 right. degrees. <laughs> But speaking of our playlist, we always like to go through it just to give it a, t- a taste of the kind of music that we enjoy listening to. This playlist was particularly good. However, I have nixed a couple of songs because they've showed up before. And this was, <gasps> I make, I go out of my way to make I'm a very sorry. detailed, no, it was on me, <gasps> to make a very detailed tracker of all of the you songs. You put it on there. And I didn't even think about the word nothing. But our very first episode of season three was Beyond Here Lies Nothing. Sure. So we've used a lot of these nothings. Sure. So welcome back to the playlist. I'll just start with the first one, which I kept on because I love the song very much, but was also on episode 76, Beyond Here Lies Nothing. Uh, Laura Marling. Oh, right. Nothing, not really. It's a great song. Great song. I'm glad I kept it on. It is currently on. It will stay on. Have you ever listened to, uh, fuck, what's her name? Oh my God. Union, Union Station is the band she plays with sometimes. She's on Buffy like twice. Oh my fucking God. What is her name? Union Station. Yeah. I don't even know what that is. Yes. You know the song Calling All Angels. Yeah. Calling All Angels. That that woman. Walk me through this world. Don't leave me alone. Alison Krauss. Alison Thank Krauss, God. Yes. Wow. Okay. Perfect. That was yeah. good. Okay. Union Station though. I don't. Yeah, and she also played with uh, Robert Plant for a while, too. Yeah, Alison Cross did the Robert Plant mm-hmm. thing for a second. They did anyway, a- Laura Marling sounds a lot like her, and it gives me very strong gay vibes, and I'm into it. Next. Next. Uh, <laughs> Interpol, their third song, If You Really Loved Me. Great song. Lauren, uh, Lauren Hill, of mm-hmm. course. Uh, second song, uh, Nothing Even Matters. Smith Street Band, their fifth song, I Am Nothing. The Birds, our second Birds song. Last one was Pat's Victory, another cover. I feel like we're going to do a lot of more birds, just covers, though. Never That's never an original from that. No, no, no. Uh, nothing was delivered, of course. Uh, DuckTales, two. We've actually done two. No uh, shit. Yeah, the last time we listened to them was Ring the Bells, episode nice. 17. Nice. One of my favorite songs. Uh, churches, number three. Oh, my God. Every time I hear a Churches song, I'm like, I really, really like this. And I might be the most basic planet, person on the planet. I don't care. This is great. Patricia's is fucking great. The end. Ever, ever. Okay, that's Taylor Swift. Still not. Still not. <laughs> Deliver ever, ever. And that's the song. That's oh. their chorus. I thought you were like making fun of Taylor Swift. No, because what's that's never, ever, 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 ever getting, getting back, back together. together. Stevie Wonder, second time as well. Uh, Signed, sealed, delivered. I'm yours. Yep. Classic. Which I think was his song before the Jackson Five took it. I don't know how. Ooh, I, don't I don't know the exact history behind that. Probably some random Motown thing before any of that. And welcome to the playlist. Only three. Only three people. Uh, Sinead O'Connor. Nothing compares to you. Insane. I can't believe that was on there. <laughs> the Wallflowers. I've been delivered. Which is like, oh, what? I've been delivered. Nothing was delivered. What's going on? Also, fantastic song. I just it's listened so to the good. first record today while we were prepping and like getting stuff together. I listened to the first Wallflowers record. It's really good. Yeah, I They're bet. really good. Well, you know, I'm a slut for the 90s. I love all things 90s, 92. which I totally delivers on. Yeah. Ha. I got to. Okay. The, can't, moratorium on the word More delivers. delivers. I love um, it. So I was listening to the playlist and doing the dishes or doing whatever I was doing. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this kind of sounds like Bob Dylan. I wonder if this is Jacob Dylan. Oh, shit. It's the Wallflowers. Yes. <laughs> 
And I just thought it was so funny that I could hear yeah. elements of Bob's voice in his voice. Just a little just bit. Just a little though. bit. A little bit. And that's and there I, I was just doing a little look up on him and he just said there was a quote later too, and especially in 2000 at this point, he, I think he came to terms with his dad and like the first records, uh, the record cover is a picture of their feet because he just didn't want to be associated. Okay. You know, he just didn't want to be like doing it because his dad was right, Bob right. Dylan. Um, and he's got a line later on. He's got a quote that's just like, listen, you know, I, everybody is influenced by Bob Dylan. Why can't I be, sure. you know, influenced by him too? Just because he's my dad. Right. What does that matter? You know, like that's I listen to subterranean homesick blues and I'm like, yeah, I want to jam along with everyone else. Right. Am I not allowed to? That's such so a weird I, spot to be. That's in. a weird spot to be in. But I think he toes it well, especially yeah. that first record. It sounds so good, especially in the 90s. Like Bob Dylan was just not a thing until the later 90s. It's like you don't sound like Bob Dylan. You're no, doing very much he... alternative rock. Yes. You are cool. Probably now. I think their last record was 2012. So it's been a while, but they've done that. They've taken long hiatuses, mm. which I love. We've talked about that from bands, too. It's like. If you're going to go away, go away, work on some stuff. And, and apparently like they're pretty lauded. Like people really genuinely like their output, which I guess I always took for granted. I thought that they didn't like it. I thought they were just a generic sort of butt rock band, but they're really good. Yeah. They're really good. He's really good. That song is super catchy. And we never great. talked about Jacob Dylan because there was a moment where we could have put the wallflowers or did put the wallflowers on a playlist and we just like totally glossed over it. Yeah. Because I mean, I think we just forget. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it also feels it, like such like, a known oh. quantity too. It's like, yes, we know Jacob Dylan. Yes, yes. Yes. But I'm like, for me, I heard one headlight. Oh, sure. 10 years before I fucking knew that he was Bob Dylan's son. And then I'm like, who the fuck is Bob Dylan? So I don't really care. Right. Well, no, I think that's, I heard that song way before I ever heard Bob Dylan. Yeah. That was a huge song yeah. for me when I was growing up, you know? Anyway, the wallflowers. Yeah, wallflowers. I think we're gonna maybe <laughs> add that to a list of a month. I would love oh, to yeah. talk about that. Really we we'll do like a mix up of wallflowers. figure out we'll do something fun uh, and then frida johansson and uh hendrick oja delivered i think the people that you just mentioned that was um from a video game soundtrack video game uh game called unraveled i think unraveled, which yeah. is a really cute side scrolling indie game uh, if you haven't played it you should check it out and i fucking love that kind of music it's like giving you renaissance fair but like the best kind so good that's nice yeah i went to the renaissance fair i saw your mug it's so cool yeah, yeah right over there yeah they're legit you it's like 20 bucks Oof. Did you get to fill your shit filled up for free everywhere you go, though? No, you get, I think it was like a dollar off. This was like oh. legit. The Maryland Renaissance Festival is probably, I think it's one of the oldest in America. Is it full time? It's, it's like a, year round? It's not year round. Mm. It's only every weekend for the spring and summer months. Oh, okay. Um, but they do, have I told you about it at all? Uh-uh. Okay, so they do, they, they've been going for a long time, but they've been telling, I think only a couple of years ago, they started telling a story. So oh, they've cool. started telling uh, the story of King Henry VIII. And every year we advance with Anne Boleyn and like all of his wives. So then it sort of culminates with like, you know, apparently the joke is like once one of the wives are killed, like the next year he'll like acknowledge it or whatever. And they all just walk around by themselves. They just walk around and they're all, uh, you know, in character mm-hmm. or whatever, and you like meet them, and they're just like, and then they, they'll go to the joust and they'll sit on the thing. And yep, and they'll yeah, we did the joust thing, up. which is really fun. I mean, the joust is what the joust is up. what's up. So yeah. yeah, we just cheered for our Sir William the Black or whatever. And sure, he was he was our boy, and 
he was fine, I guess. But yeah, but the joust thing continues on throughout the whole day. There's like four jousts and it's the last thing of the night. So if people are still there, they all just crowd around there because that's like the last thing. And then the story progresses, if you will, from there. And then it just continues on to the next year. So it's wow. just you're constantly having something happening and all of the stuff, all the shops and everything sort of account for it. So you've got partisans that are like pro King Henry and some that are against him, and you'll have like people walking around swashbucklers and pirates and stuff who are just like, fuck Henry, you know, like all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and it's really fun. You That's just like really cool. run into them and, and then they'll pass cross paths because they just walk around all day. So the King will run into like the swashbuckler or something. And like the King will be like, Oh no. And like his cadre of men will like, cordon off the pirate to like let the king pass or That's whatever so it's very fun it's very cool to just be a part of it randomly and you're like oh there's the king you know and you can just walk up and i said hi and he's like hello good sir interactive like, theater oh, friends so yeah so they're they're all all the time it's a dedicated space all the buildings and everything have been there for like 25 years i still like the one in castle rock in Colorado. Yeah, i'm sure yeah yeah, yeah right so yeah. that's a huge one too so yeah. yeah it's just a place and it's just there forever and it was nice. awesome because i've been to a low budge one in like uh Kansas or whenever I went the last time it's been so long since I've been to a Renaissance fair and it's really fun but it was clearly like just made up in the moment you know it was just kind of like a big fair like they set it up for the summer there were some semi-permanent buildings but mm-hmm. it was just kind of you knew it was going to all be torn down these things are not torn down this is yeah. all and it built makes into a the huge landscape. difference oh my god it's so wonderful because yeah. I only ever been to the Castle Rock one and then we went to the Clackamas County Fairground mm. one here which is just temporary and I was yeah. like oh you know, and they they, they do their best. Yes, it's like, and I thank me... you for doing it. And yeah. if you keep doing it, maybe they'll dedicate a space for you. Yeah. But like, there's a difference. Yeah, it's, it's difference. Inc- absolutely incredible. It's really cool. Lots of horses. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was it was wonderful. I don't know why we're talking about this. Oh, because oh, the little medieval you. music. Oh yes, yes, of course, of course. I also just bought an album. The Beaverton Library oh, no. had a media sale, and I is that why you jumped out of the car? Yep. Oh wow. And I can't fucking help myself, so I bought. Every issue of the Sandman tales, not not the Neil Gaiman. Oh yeah, uh, but it's like a noir um, independent story. So every four issues was a complete little story yeah. that came out during the nineties. There was a sixty-five issue run, I think. Uh, they had about yeah. forty almost issues of the sixty-five issues. I bought every single one of those because <laughs> I don't know why. And they had a bunch of records, so I bought <laughs> a ton of fucking records. And one of them was a medieval music oh. record. So. <laughs> You know, you got to have something for every occasion. That's what I'm saying. I, like, like, sometimes you need a vibe. You need a vibe, right. You know, you can get the bands from that you love, mm-hmm. but then it's like, at some point, you got to be like, I need Medieval. I, I need... also bought a Rod Stewart record just because of the gay energy that was radiating <sighs> off of the cover. You should look at the cover. Rod Stewart. I, mean, I would assume all of this. I know, but this really one's like egregious. Energy. Yeah. Yeah. That would... I would have to be like, no. And also the music is probably terrible. Oh yeah. Although maybe Rod Stewart's not bad. Maybe, maybe as I grow older, my ears have numbed and I'm like dead, dead Kennedy's Rod Stewart. What's Who the knows? difference? You know, I don't know. <laughs> so Kelly, we've kind of dipped into our recommendations <laughs> here. Uh, we recommend definitely Renaissance music, mm-hmm. uh, book sales, uh, for your local library. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you never know what kind of fun stuff you can get. Was there anything else though, in particular? Oh this week yeah. That, that wasn't you're... any of my actual no, recommendations. Well, sure. Yeah. But what else? What did you got? Quickly. We'll do quick. Yeah. Shit's Creek's new season is on Netflix. It's great. So one of the funniest shows I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, I went to go see the far side who, if you're not familiar, was a band, or rap group in the early 90s. Yes. Um, and it was weird. It was at Rev Hall. Yeah. And you sat down. No. Oh, wow. So apparently the Rev Hall, the first five or six rows of chairs are removable. So they did that. So there was a tiny 
tiny little area where you could stand, which I did, but uh, it was kind of sad. They played Pass Me By, which is their biggest single for sure, which is why I love it. They played it twice. Uh, yeah, so it was a little weird and sad, but it was. I'm so glad I went. Yeah, and I've never been to a show where they play something twice. Yeah, uh, Batwoman just started on the CW. Oh. I watched the first episode. I'm very sad because it's not good, and unfortunately, Ruby Rose tricked all of the whole world into thinking that she was a good actress because she's so hot. Didn't trick me. Uh, and then when she has to say more than one line, you're like, oh no. Oh no. Do you human? <laughs> yeah, it's rough. So she's super hot and I can't not be on board with a lesbian superhero. So I'm still going to try to watch it, but it's, uh, has it, has, it's been like, they've already rec- filmed a whole season. I or, don't know. Cause like, they it might get might. canceled half season. Yeah, I don't know, I mean. but I'm trying to support it just because we need more lesbian superheroes in the world. So it, I mean, that's cool. Everybody out there, just put it on the app. You don't have to watch it. Just yeah, set just, down your just phone. Just show your just support. Go. Yep, yep. Uh, Dragula is the maybe the best TV show ever. I don't know. It's like a RuPaul thing. Or... Yeah. So if you like Drag Race, you might not like this show, but uh, it's like will. it's like Drag Race, but the whole cast is Katya's. If you're familiar with Katya from season seven of RuPaul's Drag Race, who was like, or uh, Sharon Needles. Sorry. It's the whole cast is Sharon Needles. That's more accurate. The only season I've seen. Yeah. So it's all about like spooky, cool, creative sci-fi horror drag. And it's just so good. They finally have a home on Amazon Prime. They're like a real legit show. The Boulay Boulay brothers are uh, horror drag queens that have been in the business forever and they're balls and, um, what do you want to call them? I guess they're like pageants, but they're not pageants. Cause it's not the like mm. be the prettiest you can be. It's like be the coolest, most fucked up thing you can be. Right. Uh, they've been doing that in LA for years and years. And they finally got a TV show uh, a couple of years ago, but they had a problem with funding. They got shut down for a couple of years, but Amazon prime Dragula, like Dracula, but with a G cause it's drag and it's great. Uh, it's fucked up. They like do some challenges where they like put needles in their arms and stuff. And it's a little gruesome, but it's just, Absolutely creative. RuPaul is like, you can't go back and watch it after this because it's just so much better. It's just so much better. Uh, And the last thing, I'm so sorry. So many things. We've been gone forever. Uh, Team Sleep. I don't know that I've ever recommended them before. Um, So Team Sleep is or was, I mean, they're not officially broken up, but is the side project of Chino Marino's, uh, who's the lead singer slash trumpet guitarist of the Deftones. In 2005, uh, he formed a little group with some other people called Team Sleep and they're like, I don't even know how to describe their music, but it's one of my favorite albums of all time. Um, 2005 self-titled Team Sleep. And I just like can't stop listening to it. I, I mean, I've I heard about them in 2005. Actually, a friend of mine that I worked with went to see them and Idiot Pilot, which is another band I love their first album of. Um, and it's always been something I've gone back to. Chino Marino and the Deftones, too, are like one of those bands that have stood the test of time for me, you know, over almost. 15 years they're the only bands of that like new metal phase that i was into that i'm yeah. so like god this is really good you guys are fully really somebody good. could do a podcast about it <laughs> about have, the have a song by song podcast of the deftones mm, maybe we should but yeah trent reisner oh we're we, we're busy not us no, no. no, no, no. i mean because some, some other people, people have done it like reality. uh i think there's a slater kenny one out yeah, there right right a lot of people are ape in our style i like yeah. it so if you got a deftones podcast let us know about it anyway team sleep perfect record always go back to it Foreign Flags, probably the biggest 
best or oh, the song's called ever but foreign flag uh anyway team sleep and dragula those are the takeaways team sleep and dragula team sleep and dragula Yeah, we were on for a long time, so I'll just go really fast. <laughs> Beatles Abbey Road, 50th anniversary edition. Fantastic. Uh, listen to it with my grandma. Grandma approves. Loves nice. it. Has she ever listened to it before? I can't tell. I just, I, <laughs> there's so many times where I'm with her. I'm like, are you joking? Is this real? I can't tell. And then you just like needle her on like, are you kidding or not kidding? And she's just kind of like, ha, 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 You're like, can't tell. So I don't know. <laughs> Maybe she legitimately has never heard Abbey Road before. I don't know. Uh, nice. Sergio Simpson came out with, uh, you know, we know him as... Uh, country artist or whatever but apparently he's like has an anime that he helps make and sound and fury is like a crazy blues rock really 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 good album but it's like the music from his anime out of this world sergio fucking simpson my friends like not a country twang in sight except for his voice it's absolutely wonderful. Charlie Crockett, if you want that country twang, I've mentioned him before. I mean, this guy's output. He just every year it's a new record. The Valley is fantastic. Uh, I listened to a couple podcasts with my grandma because I couldn't listen to my dad wrote a porno because yeah. uh, oh, my yeah. grandma would have had a heart attack. Obvious reasons. Uh, we listened to an episode of, which we recommended before, Off Menu Podcast with James Acaster and Ed Gamble. But also the Horn Section Podcast, one of our favorite shows of all time, Taskmaster the horn section who make up the music of it have a podcast themselves themselves. And I played an episode or two for my grandma and she fucking loved it. So if grandmas love it. You're going to love it. Mensiger's brand new record. Hello exile. They were my very first recommendation on this podcast. We started this podcast the week that after the party came out mm-hmm. in 2017 mm-hmm. and now hello exile is out. And it's like, we're going to see them in, you know, four weeks what the fuck? I know. Uh, Lagwagon, new record, Railer, first one since 2014, I think. Uh, fantastic. I listened to these on my drive back uh, from my stay in Montana. And uh, I just can't stop listening to Hold Steady. I just have to say it again. Thrashing Through Passion. Oh, my God. The Hold Steady. And I listen to a lot of books on my road trip, so a couple of things. Uh, on Fire, The Burning Case for the Green New Deal by Naomi Klein. It's a book of her essays. Uh, highly recommended. Holy shit, uh, there's an author, super, apparently very famous, uh, Taya Aubert, who wrote a uh, book called Inland uh, about, um, I, it's really hard to explain, but there's a camel in it. It takes place in Arizona, <laughs> the way that it all comes together. It's one, I mean, just on a long road trip drive to listen to like a, a nine hour book like that. It's hard to explain, but there is a camel in it. <laughs> the camel might be like one of the... It, most of the stuff is addressed to this camel and it's one of the coolest you don't think about camels but camels were actually used in the american west like they rode on camels out to military engagements out in the west like there's a history of camels in america that is not talked about and hippopotamus uh, too and then i also read uh, eric foner's newest book the second founding how the civil war and reconstruction remade the constitution it's kind of uh, an analysis of the 13th 14th and 15th amendment and I just listened to a book that um, was like a New York Times bestseller all of 2018 uh, by Tara Westover called Educated. And, um, and that's about it. All that stuff that we both said. <laughs> oh, 
All right, Kelly. Everything was delivered. Amazon Prime. We're done. We're done with nothing was delivered. Basement tapes, another one in the book. Boom. But we have this outstanding debt to our listeners to get to 100. What did Emma Lagasse say? Bam? Is it bam? Bam. I wanted to say bosh. <laughs> bosh. <laughs> if you have not watched Taskmaster after we talk about how great it is, what is your life? Yeah. You need to go watch Taskmaster immediately. Put this podcast down and download Taskmaster. A-S-A-P. That being said, this is a Bob Dylan podcast, <laughs> and we're going to talk about Bob Dylan. So watch Taskmaster and come back to Bob Dylan. Please. We are about to pick the penultimate episode to 100. Also known as 99. The countdown to 100. <laughs> the summer slide. No! <laughs> no. The springtime vaulting into summer it collides with autumn, sadly slipping into winter. <laughs> TM. <laughs> Nothing was delivered, has been delivered, and it's off our it's off our list forever. Forever and ever and ever. Off the want list. 99. Into a We're, previous order. Episode 99. Yes. One out of 412. What you got? 81. 81 in a different timeline would give us... You're a big girl now. Oh, please tell me it's about his daughter. He has many daughters, right? Off of Blood on the Tracks. So no. <laughs> so Who do you think he's singing about? Blood on the Tracks. Sarah. Sarah. No. Okay. But that's not the right answer. So wrong again. So I'll never know. No, you will never know. We're going back. Nashville skyline. Well, hey, I think I've come around. And this is also a very apt title as well. One more night. Hey, one One more more. song. One more to 100. And it better be a banger. 100. I mean, it's a lot of pressure. We're putting a lot of pressure on completely random on random.org. Better deliver or you're done. I I learned that Siri can do random numbers, random.org. So So we can just drop you. Wow. Wow. Don't fuck this up. So next week, join us for Nashville Skyline. One more night. Watch this episode at night. Because then it will feel like, no, once we release episode 100, then listen to this before. So you have one more sleep and then you wake up and you're like, oh, nice. It's here. Nice. So don't listen. Whatever you do, don't actually listen to the episode next week. Why would you? I mean, Save that. Who listens to podcasts that don't get to 100? I mean, honestly, that's yeah. a real real talk. That's fair. So next week, episode 99. And then we'll be back for 100. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. And, and then we're done for the year. And we're fucking done. Right? We're fucking done. See ya. Bye. You've got to pick up where we're